We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This is the Day More NBA podcast brought to you by Blue Wire Podcasts. Our presenting sponsor is BetUS, a place for you to wager on the games with the NBA Finals here. At BetUS, they got a great payout system, the industry's biggest bonuses, every bet type you can think of. You can join now by calling 1-800-69-BETUS or online at BetUS.com. 125% sign-up bonus if you use the promo code DANE125. BetUS, you bet, you win, you get paid. All right, I am back with Wildeberg, a coach here locally at the university. I feel like I have to like say what your job is every, every single time when we do this. Um, Will is a coach at the University of St. Thomas. And for today's show, as Will and I have done with a bunch of these other prospects, um, we're just kind of going through the film of, of some guys who are going to be lottery picks in this draft. Today we're doing Scotty Barnes of Florida State, Franz Wagner of Michigan, and Keon Johnson from Tennessee. What's up, Bill? How you doing? I'm good, man. I'm good. Um, so... We talked a lot. I want to start with Scotty Barnes. We've talked a lot in the Cade Cunningham pod and the Jonathan Kaminga pod about the size of those guys being real weapons, real what really what draws you to what their upside might be. And it's interesting with Scotty Barnes. I think we could talk about what his position is, but he's even bigger than those guys. He's got a little bit more length, weighs a little bit more. Um, he's really. He's, he's noticeably bigger. He's really more of a power forward size player in this draft, though, when we're watching this film. A lot of times he's defending out on the wing. He's doing all, all those sorts of things. The size comps I have are P.J. Washington, Larry Nance, Kyle Anderson, Jeremy Grant, Draymond Green, Kawhi Leonard, Al Farouk Amino. These are guys with wingspans well above 7'3", standing about 6'7", 6'8", 6'9", and weighing you know, in that 215 to 230 sort of range. So with all that said, when you were thinking about Scotty Barnes, I think we have to kind of frame the conversation here. Where are you just picturing him playing in the NBA positionally? What is what is the ideal role that you would kind of put him in if you were if you were coaching his team? I mean, I th- I think that's a great question. Um you know, he it's funny cuz he's built like a 4 and defensively sure. I think watching his film, he guarded everyone at, <laughs> at some point so it's like watching him on defense it's hard to really like figure out where he's gonna fall there on offense he's built you know he's built like a like a three or four but he he played a lot of point guard for them totally 
Do you know what I mean? Especially in the tournament, the, the game against Michigan. I forget who they play the, the couple other games, but like he's bringing the ball up the court. You have you have uh, Kyle Anderson on this mm-hmm. list, and just you know, <laughs> I told you before we started recording, like they move the exact same way. So whatever Kyle Anderson is, is that's where I kind of I don't know. You tell me what position does Kyle Anderson play? Yeah, well, I think I mean Kyle Anderson played point guard at UCLA. Yep, and and then I think in the NBA what you've seen out of Kyle Anderson is those point guard skills kind of translate into being a secondary ball handler for, for his team. I think that the question with Scotty Barnes offensively, if he can do that is, you know, how, how much respect is he going to get on the perimeter? Right. Because not that Kyle Anderson is some knockdown three point shooter, but if you're going to leave him wide open from three, he's going to take that every single time. And you know, that's going to be a decent enough shot for the Grizzlies when Kyle Anderson does that. With Scotty Barnes, I think the whole conversation kind of starts with, you know, what what are we are we going to think about him as a shooter? Because if he's going to be a guy who catches it above the break and just does the, your classic like seven footer thing and just kind of pivots around and looks for someone to pass to, uh, that's not a point guard. That's not a distributor. That's um, that's just a player out of position, kind of stalling your offense. And that's a big concern that I would have um, with Scotty Barnes when I start thinking about him offensively. And it's why. I think for me, uh, I, I would I would be playing him at least early on in his career in the dunker spot as a four or just as my starting five. I, I think I think that's where I think that's where he has to be at least early on in his career. He has to be because I don't know if you watched the Michigan game his last yeah, game. Did. They they were praying that he, they wanted him to shoot threes. You know what I mean? And he played a lot of point guard, and you know it's hard to do anything on offense when your primary Ball handler has no gets no respect from well, the other team. We've seen a ton from, of it in these playoffs, right? From, Giannis, Ben Simmons. Yeah, like it's like, just it's it's really hard to do anything. So if he's, I agree with you. I don't think you know maybe down the road his jumper improves, but early on, no, he. I don't see a, I don't see a world where he can be your you know one of your lead ball handlers. Right. I I think I, I remember when we were talking about Patrick Williams last year. Um, I, I said the same thing. Where you know he was just uh, at Florida State, um, you know his his film wasn't great. It was this again this great athletic profile, and you saw the outlines of a player who you know might be able to develop a like a off the dribble sort of knockdown mid range shots type of game, really a wing. But it seemed to me with Patrick Williams that the best thing for him right away would just be like just keep just get him around the basket, use him as a screener. Um, have him play with energy around the hoop. And that's not what happened in Chicago. They used him very, very much as a wing. And, and I think some people, again, will, will draw that sort of parallel. But the differentiator I would make there is even if Pedrick Williams you know, maybe wasn't knocking down shots from like at a high clip in college, he was taking them and they looked normal, right? Yeah. Where, where Barnes just doesn't have that in his game. So... so uh, we do this a lot. We're like, oh, just start him at the five. Just have, be, have him be a small, you know, have him be a small ball center, and and have him do that. And that oftentimes ends up not being the case with these guys, and they do get kind of pegged in as a a wing or a four or something like that. But for me, with Barnes offensively, it, I don't know. It, it's it's really hard for me to visualize a role, particularly if it's a starting role, which given where he's kind of being mocked, you you think he's going to be. I I don't know. It's 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 hard for me. What 
what did you like offensively about him? Because I, I was trying to pick, like, we, defense is a whole different conversation. We'll talk right, about which that. Which is it, a very happy and good, yes. and he's awesome we'll, conversation. We'll get there in a minute. Because to me, offensively, I, I watched more Scotty Barnes than the other two, and I kept, you know, I watched all of his offense, offensive possessions, and it's like, I just, I just wasn't sure what, because you would think a guy at that size who can handle it fairly well but can't shoot, you would assume. I think he's this great passer, seeing as though he's a you know, lottery mm-hmm. pick. And I, I don't know. I, I didn't think he was a great passer. I didn't think he was – I just he was kind of just he's kind of just out there on offense. Yeah, like he, he can pass. Yeah. But, but you're not like – you're not going to make him the hub of your offense right. or something. Or you're not going to – So I guess my point is he's not a knockdown shooter. He's not this like play, great playmaker. So and he's, he's not just, Bam either as like a passing right. sort so of five. Offensively, I just – I don't know. I don't know. I think what to you're do just hoping he's he's able to straight line drive, being with size, strength, athleticism, and when he catches in those situations, be able to you know to take guys off the dribble. I do think that some of these other things will very well could develop. I think he could develop into somebody who you're okay with him shooting threes. Yeah. I I do think he's someone that could really grow as a passer, and and I think he has like good vision on the floor he's he's obviously comfortable with the ball in his hands which it's a, I mean offensively he's just gonna be such a player development project right and and I don't mean that in a bad way because he, he will immediately be, be impactful but who develops him and how they choose to develop him will have such an impact of who and what he becomes again it's like it's kind of the cliche example, but you know what's Draymond Green's career arc if he doesn't wind up in Golden State next to Stephen Clay, right? Um, obviously, he's a star player, he's Hall of Famer, right? Um, but a lot of that has to do with the you know the construct of the environment he was kind of born into, plus how he really honed the things that he was great at, and I think they they asked him to do that. They had never asked Draymond Green to be. A lot, a lot more than those things are. So, I don't know. Is it, is it the Oklahoma City Thunder? <laughs> like what? <laughs> no, Steph and Clay aren't there, right? You know. So it's, it's. Uh, I think environment will be really important, and who is coaching him, and how they decide right. to coach him. Offensively. I think it. It sounds like we're probably down on him right now, more more so than some of the other guys. But like, there there were at least for me still a fair amount of things that I really liked about him. Mm-hmm. I mean, defensively, he was great. Um, played super hard. Like, he was fun to watch. Yeah. Like, he brought it every game. Like he Great just, motor. Great motor. And, like, just he was fun to watch because he played his butt off. And so, I don't know. Like, you made the Draymond Green comparison. I bet if we went back and, like, watched Draymond, we would say the same things about, like, how For hard sure. he played in college, how competitive he was in college, um, how well he was – how good he was on defense. Like, those things. Like, he's got some flaws on offense. There's no question. But he does check – like there's a reason he's being projected in the lottery, right? There's mm-hmm. he he checks high in the lottery, high in the lottery. Yeah, I mean I've seen him as high. Well, as I mean part eight. of I mean honestly I think part of this like if this is us pushing back at all, it's he's starting to show up on draft boards ahead of one or two of those top five guys who you know was supposed to be the lock of this is the top five, and I think you see Scotty Barnes over Jonathan Kaminga in as many mocks as you see Kaminga over Barnes, right? It's he. He has been elevated in where he is being picked to the point where we're not just talking about a role player, right? It's I mean, if it's the sixth pick, if it's the fifth pick, that 
you know, you really want to see a trajectory for him that is going to be something more than just an elite sort of lockdown defender, which I think, for the record, he will be. Yeah. I, I And again, like one, one <laughs> yes. through four, like anybody who's trying to penetrate on the other team, you can put him on him and you could put Barnes on them and, and that's going to put you in a great spot. I think a lot of OG and Anobi in that sort of way. But again, OG and Anobi, like really good player, but what's he bringing for you offensively? So you don't have this sort of like, if you're drafting Scotty Barnes to be your first or second best player, you got to look elsewhere. But if you're looking for your OG and Anobi, then I think you got to, you know, you got a player who's probably seems likely to be able to bring that defense, like that man-to-man defense, and maybe can develop a, a competent enough jump shot to be able to be making open threes, and then you're on your way there. Well, that I mean, that's just it. It's Can he be good enough on defense right away to, to play, get experience, figure out kind of where he fits in, what, he, like what his offensive game is going to look like, where two, three, four years he can develop that part of his game? Because I agree. I think defensively <laughs> – I'm not sure we've we've I don't know how many we've done like he nobody has had more fun playing defense like he yeah. loved to play defense you know what I so mean so much clapping like yeah every time <laughs> like he was so excited to play defense and you know you 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 add add to the fact that he's six eight with a long wingspan good frame who's that competitive who loves to play defense like we're talking about a guy who could be an all defensive guy for sure early on in his career. You know what I mean? Like you combine all three, like he, he's got everything you want, everything you look for in in a defensive prospect. I mean, again, and and it's, it's a lot like Thibel a couple years ago, I think where you have all these questions about, you know, what is he going to be able to, is he going to ever have anything offensively? Is he going to ever be able to make shots? Well, here we are. You're two into Thibel's career. He's on the all defensive team. And that wouldn't shock me at all from Barnes, but I don't know where, where do you think Thibel was drafted? Like, 17 or something like that. I don't I don't remember off the top of my head. But that, that's what I'm just kind of it, – it's a – he was drafted in a place where you're like, okay, we are drafting a defensive role player. If you are drafting Scotty Barnes, fifth or sixth, I feel like you are banking on that while also looking for something more beyond that. And I don't know what the more is beyond, beyond that. Right. Yeah. I, I mean, if he goes fifth or sixth, whoever takes him must – See, believe in his offense more, you know, a lot because yeah, you're not taking a guy that high um, to be the the thigh bowl. Like you're just, I don't know. I I, I I'll I'll just say I I think it's crazy if anybody takes him over Kaminga. Yeah, especially I, I don't right. And and again, there's a lot of those people who who have that have a lot longer track record and, and scouting the drafts and stuff. I'm just saying. For me, or if you were to say that right now, it's my, my friend who I could like, to, I'd be like, dude, no. Like, there's just, and, 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 maybe and just, it's upside. I and, don't. like, I know there's been some mock drafts where, where Barnes has been ahead of Kaminga. I would be shocked on draft night if, if Barnes goes ahead of him. Shocked. It's, I don't know if it's, I don't know if it's smoke. I don't know what, what the deal, like. And, and, and then, then again, it, it seems like some of it, is you know intel on like Kaminga effort and background and stuff like that, which we don't have access to. So I'm just saying, going off of having watched the majority of all these guys' possessions in the G League and in, at Florida State, it doesn't like check out in my brain how I would choose to 
take Scotty Barnes over Jonathan Kaminga. The only way in which I could see that happening is if you're in a situation like very specifically like Golden State was last year where you are trying to take a guy to be in your rotation for a championship team next season. Purely off fit. Yeah. Not, not upside or talent. Purely off fit. That, or, or the other thing is if Kaminga's off the court effort, you're just like, we, we refuse to take him. That's mm-hmm. which again you and I you and I have that is not being factored into our analysis no, here no. whatsoever. No, but I'm saying that would be yeah. the world in which, right? If a couple teams were like, I don't care if we're at 20, we're not going to take him. Where um before I move on, like we we haven't watched a ton of guys in this class. If you had to guess where Scotty Barnes is going to end up on your big board, where do you think it will be? See, you you mentioned five or six. I kind of like. There's always those those couple guys that drop. Mm-hmm. And guys who are slotted in at ten or eleven who ended up going like like Patrick Williams last year. No, I'm saying who go. But Patrick Williams is the opposite. Oh, okay. But I'm saying guys who are supposed to be in the ladder who fall out of it. Like I wouldn't be surprised if this happens with Barnes. Mm. Um, like he goes down. He goes down. Interesting. I do think there is just like a fascination and and a warranted of like the big wing in the NBA sure. today where. I could see a team taking him after these top five guys are gone. I, I'm saying that all the home. I'm saying that not pre- predicting it. I'm yeah. saying I wouldn't be shocked mm-hmm. if you told like gun to my head. I would say he, he'll go seven and nine. Sure. Yeah. 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 That that's where I guess what I'm just trying to say is having watched the film. It's not that I don't like him. It was just before having watched him, I've started seeing his name jump up on these boards and from people who I respect, right? And and that, again, it just, I didn't see that level of leap, that level, that caliber of player, um, you know, on, on the film that I, that I did watch. But if you are trying to de- draft an elite defensive role player who, who you're okay with maybe never being your third or fourth best player, then, you know, by all means, I, I, can, I get it. That, that would make sense. And it would be fit-based and it would be – you know, the whatever type of team it is that that you're in, but that's just that's where I'm with Barnes. I I think that I'll probably I think the top five will be the top five for me, and I would just guessing have one or two players from the rest of this lottery group that we haven't I haven't really dug into yet. I'm assuming I'll put one or two of those guys over. So you would have Barnes ahead of the other two guys we're into. Today? I would. I would have I I would have Barnes ahead of Wagner and and Johnson. And with that, we'll take a break. <laughs> The NBA Finals are here, and this summer's betting action is heating up with my friends over at BetUS. Looking at some of the odds over at BetUS after Game 4, the Phoenix Suns have now dropped to only slight favorites in the series after that Game 4 win by Milwaukee. The Suns are now minus 160 win the series, according to BetUS. I believe I said on here after Game 2 that the Suns were all the way up at minus 480. So the series is definitely shifting, and if you want to bet on it, BetUS has a ton of different prop bets that you can hit. Also with the UFC, MLB Golf, Summer Olympics, football season all just around the corner you need a sports book bet us is the industry's biggest bonuses and every kind of bet type you could dream of bet us has been a pioneer in online betting for over 25 years prides itself on being america's favorite sports book so take advantage of this action pack summer and sign up today at betus.com that's betus.com or 1-800-69-BET-US receive a 125 percent sign up bonus when you use the promo code dane my name dane 125 if you missed tip off forget to bet you can bet live at bet us as well 
And if you care for some blackjack, there are also hundreds of games in the BetUS casino. I bet at BetUS, and so should you. Join now by calling 1-800-69-BETUS or online at BetUS.com. BetUS, you bet, you win, you get paid. All right, well, moving on to Franz Wagner, Michigan. Um, There are no real listings. He didn't participate in the combine, so exactly what his height, wingspan, and weight exactly are. Um, He was listed at Michigan at 6'9", 220 this season. Again, nothing on wingspan, so for my little activity of uh, finding player comps, (laughs) I said this to you before, I guessed that Wagner's wingspan – because he stands 6'9", was 6'10", because my logic was that his brother's wingspan, Mo Wagner, was only one inch longer than his when he got measured at the combine. So what I did is I looked for players who were 6'9", 220, or like 210 to 220, and had wingspans under seven feet. The guys I came up with were Cam Johnson, obviously we're seeing have a lot of success in these finals. Brandon Clark was 6'8", 6'8". John Collins was 6'9 and a half, 6'11. Jake Lehman, 6'9, 6'9. George Nyang, 6'8 and a half, 6'10. TJ Warren, 6'8, 6'10. And then a bunch of white dudes Doug McDermott, Robbie Hummel, Chandler Parsons, Kyle Singler, and Luke Babbitt. <laughs> Checks out. <laughs> but Franz Wagner is, for people who haven't watched him, is going to have like kind of the misconception of the Euro white dude who you know, we typically label as a really good shooter, really poor defender. And Wagner's almost the inverse of that. Yeah. He was a really good college defender. Not that he's an elite athlete, but he was a very, very capable college defender, very smart defensively. And if there's anything that really there's questions about in his game, it's his three point shooting shot 34% from three this year on a hundred attempts, um, 31% as a freshman on 132 attempts. So on a pretty large sample, I guess, of shooting and on defense, we've seen, you know, a player who, you know, you know, there's not, there's not a lot of statistical evidence to back that he's, he's a shooter. There is a lot of statistical evidence to back that he's was a very good college defender. Yeah. I mean, you're spot on. I, I think you're the, yeah, the, the perception is, you know, six, nine, big 10 player, like, going to struggle on defense but probably shoots it really well it's nope it's not like that at all like he is all three of these guys really but like he was unbelievable on defense so smart so smart plays really hard really good size he, he's not he's not the quickest guy in the world but he tries super super hard and that yeah, can make he, up for a little he's not slow but like he's, right but he's also not just a try hard. I feel like no, sometimes, no, I know. yeah, oh. and that's just what I could imagine people thinking right now when we're saying that, and they go, "Okay, try hard Euro dude." Like that's is he really going to be able to guard big wings in the NBA? I think the answer is probably yes. Like they're going to still make shots on him, but why would like why be, wouldn't he? Yeah, he's he. There is tons of evidence if you watch his defensive film that he is very capable of you know holding his own playing a step ahead defensively. I mean, sometimes you'd see him get banged a little bit once he got closer, like a guy who's driving on him, hits him, getting closer to the rim. Um, but, you know, he, he's not going to get outsmarted defensively right. in terms of, you know, getting you leaning one way and whatever, that those sort of things. Like, Wagner was very competent defensively, but more than that at the same time. Not only him, 
Michigan's team in general, their defensive numbers were really, really good. One of the best in the country. And I think, like, it kind of starts with him, right? Just as far as, like, his IQ, how he can communicate, how he can switch, how he just – he kind of anchored that defense. For sure. Do you know what I mean? And I think it's it's not like a coincidence that Michigan's defense was really, really good when you're your best player is your best defender. So, well, we're going to give him the – he's going to be – competent defensively in the NBA label. Um, what are you seeing from him offensively that, you know, either limits your belief in him or like, I don't know. I, I kind of struggled with what does Franz Wagner look like offensively in the NBA? Wait, hold on, can we back? Did you say yes. like, you think he'll be more than competent on defense? Are you yeah, saying yeah, that's more like, than competent. More than competent. Okay. At, at an NBA defense. Yeah. More than I think, cause I think he checks out really well defensively. Yep. He's okay. a little bit like bar. I mean, I think he's going to be, way above average defender okay uh offensively i mean he didn't shoot it great i liked the looks of his shot i thought he was comfortable shooting it i thought especially off the dribble like for his size like the fact that michigan ran a fair amount of ball screens for him Mm -hmm. was when i went back and watched the film like i'd watch michigan casually but like when i went back and watched them like he was in a fair amount of ball screens um which you know juan howard isn't a you know, he knows what he's doing. So, like, to, to put a guy like that in that position, I think, speaks to his skill set. Yeah, it was kind of like a pro-style offense totally. in, in a lot of ways. Yeah, and I think he's really smart. I mean, I think, like, a really, really high-end role player on offense, mm-hmm. a guy like, you know, I'm trying to think of the finals right now, who's, like, that type Cam of, Johnson? Yeah, like a Cam Johnson. Like, I mean, Cam Johnson is, like, knocked down, knocked He's down not going to shoot three. it like Cam Johnson, but, but a guy... in the finals, like, Cam Johnson has been, like, been able to attack yeah. something and not not just the dunk but like you know be able to be a weapon within yeah. the arc as well and i think honestly wagner probably profiles as being even more than that as an attack i mean he he could really attack the basket going right i i don't i i don't know if i like saw him go left ever but um but he he really had like in a big body a, i thought a really good first step and an ability to to get to the rim that I think we'll you will see um, in the NBA. It's sometimes he's just got to kind of have that direct line. I didn't like when he started kind of like looping his way to the hoop. Like that won't work in the NBA. No. And and with that, he's going to have to get like uh, you know a set of moves that kind of pivots off of that, right? Where it's I, I don't know com- combo moves or, or something like that. It, it was very like. He was very right-handed. He was very good at it. And if he had if he had a step, he had a crease. He could take it. And I think that same thing will happen in the NBA. But he's got to be able to go left. And then I don't know about the three-point shooting. I, I really struggled with where I came down ultimately, on, not just for him as a shooter, but with Keon Johnson as well, of like both of their shots looked better than the amount it went in, like kind of by a lot. Wagner for sure. Okay, so you didn't like Johnson's shot. We'll get there. We'll get there with the type cups. So okay, so to, you're 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 better than at this than I am with with shots. Like, why why is Franz Wagner going to be a a better shooter than that in the NBA? I mean, I think because it's it's problematic if he goes if he's in the league and he shot thirty four this year, thirty one the year before. If he's in the league. And two years in, he shot 34 and 31%. It's like, I'm not sure if that guy's in a rotation. Right. Did you not like the form? Like, did you not like the... I don't know. I, 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 didn't, have a, I didn't have a great feel for it. Because I, I thought the mechanics are, are there. Like, I think he's... Like, 
what? And I know this is maybe not, probably not a good way to look at it, but like, had you not looked at the percentages and you just watched all of I actually stuff, did that. You didn't look at his percentages. Yeah. So did you think, would I you, was would shocked you bet, because so, I watched, would you bet his percentages were higher than 34 or lower than 34? Well, it's, so I watched all his tournament stuff. Like, so whatever, the first chunk of film before I like read any sort of profile and looked at any numbers. And I was like, these are not going in very often. And I think he shot even worse in the tournament probably than like the, the 34%. Um, but I go, that looks like a better, you know, a, a better shot than it is, but it was just kind of consistently, I don't know, just inaccurate. And um, I, 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 so I, I, what I, what I'm kind of gleaning here is that you like the form more than I did. I like the form. I also like the types of shots he's going to probably get in the NBA. Like he's going to be your fourth or fifth option on offense. So he's going to be like, he's going to get rhythm threes. Like they're not going to ask him to hit. Like he took, he took some deep, tougher shots because he could at Michigan. Like mm-hmm. he just, he was the guy. He, they just right. he clearly had the green light. Um, look, I'm not saying he's going to be a 45%. Like he's not yeah, going to yeah. be, he's not going to be an elite. Uh, I but he's not going to be, be Scotty Barnes where, the yeah. defenses of the distance no, you and I him. are right now. Yeah, yeah, they're going to guard him. I have a really weird comp for you for him. And this is just like overall. Brooke Lopez. Like super smart defensively, all, always in the right, always in the right spot. <laughs> limiting. You could have given me 100 guesses. I would not have guessed. I know, but, but hear me out. Like what makes Brooke Lopez a really good defender, I know everyone rips on the drop and you know, playing him and stuff like that, but like Brooke Lopez almost won defensive player of the year a year ago because – not because he's like some explosive athlete, but because he's always in position. And, you know, Lopez Lopez was really big, really high IQ, not a guy who you want to be one of your top options on your team, but like a fourth or fifth guy who's totally cool with being that fourth or fifth guy. Plus, another part of it is like, to the Wagner point, the shooting, you know, it like it's, it's probably going to vary some, but you wouldn't be surprised if there's a game – or a week where Brooke Lopez is just kind of like, he's getting a lot of three point looks and he's making a lot of them. And then, and then sometimes it's, it's going to go the other way as well. But I think Brooke Lopez is a, a really good example, just in the NBA in general of a really high level role player, like a, a really high level role player who gets there with intellect more, more than anything else. And so different positions, but that's what I'm talking about. The sentence you said, getting there with intellect that resonates with that comparison okay. more than anything else, I think. I, that's in the other. What about, what about the defensive stuff, though? Like the it, the, the positioning. That is what what Wagner is going to be awesome at defensively is always being in the right place on ball, off ball. Yeah, but they switched a lot of Michigan. He guarded guards. Like Brooke Lopez can't play in the finals because he can't. Like, yeah, 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 yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like I think I think Wagner, and partly because he's not seven sure, two, I, but I, and I'm, I'm not talking about them as athletes. You're right. Like Wagner can guard guards. That, but I'm saying when you say intellect, that makes it like Okay. I'm not I think that I think you're 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 not super smart. Not you're not wrong. But like <laughs> Brooke also like he can't play in the series. And I don't think yeah. there's I don't think there's gonna be any teams where Wagner can't play defensively. That's a no, that's a good point. And that's a really encouraging bit. For sure. Right? Yeah. And and that's kind of So you think he's gonna be more of a big, like more of a No, I don't think he's gonna be Brooke Lopez. I just think of them as similar like types of players i i think yeah we should get to this i think wagner needs to play the three i think he needs i i think that's where he ends up being an offensive weapon for you because now he's able to you know 
take guys a little bit smaller players yeah. off the dribble a little bit more because I think against fours, he's I don't know if he's going to burst by them, but I think you want to use him on the perimeter a, a little bit more, and that would that would free up you know more room for him. And the real weapon of his is that I think he's going to be able to guard threes in the league. Like as we're listing off a bunch of these, I do too. These dudes in the the physical comps, it's like particularly when I got to the Doug McDermott's and, you know, like the, the Chandler Parsons and the Luke Babbitt's and stuff like that. Like those guys, you know, were, were competent NBA players for a long time, but always it was a concern, you know, defensively. And he looks a lot like them. He's similar in size to those guys, but you, I don't think you're going to have to hide Wagner. Not even, even if you're playing the Clippers, like I think, I mean, I don't know. That's, that's about as, as big of a test as it gets, but most teams creator wing like I don't think you're I don't think you're bummed out if Wagner gets switched onto him. No, I think if he's gonna have a good, a really good NBA career, hit, like hit the backbone of that is going to be because he's a very good defender. I also think offensively, I think he guys who are that smart rebound who I think he's gonna rebound pretty well. Mm. Like he could be a, a really solid point forward for you. Like getting defensive rebounds, starting fast breaks, right? Like and we've talked about this on the podcast before, like that skill is still somehow underrated for sure in, in basketball, having a guy who can get a rebound and instantly go versus having to kick it to a guard. Like that to me is still incredibly valuable. Tricking your team to play in transition. Yeah. And that's where I think not to compare him to ant, but that's where and you watched more wolves than anybody in the world, but that's partly where ant took a big step. I yeah. thought, or he would get a rebound and he would just go go and again it's not even close athletic like from an athlete standpoint but but if I, you can get your he was good at that, at that you can get your three to do that wherever we think Wagner he's was good be. at that at Michigan he was yeah. really good at that at Michigan and I think that will also translate well in the NBA. and and doing it as a player who could go coast to coast but could also pass yeah so, so he's either Ant or Brooke Lopez <laughs> <laughs> oh okay on that note we're gonna take another break and move on to Keon Johnson. <laughs> Best talent brings out the best in each other. If your company is looking for teammates to take you to the next level, you need Indeed. When hiring gets hard, you need Indeed, the job site that makes hiring incredibly simple. Just attract, interview, and hire. In fact, with Indeed, you can do all of your hiring in one place, even interviewing. Don't just hope your perfect candidate will find you. Indeed's hiring tools help you cut through the noise to hire faster and smarter. In fact, Indeed's instant match provides a list of quality candidates whose resumes are on Indeed the moment you post a sponsored job. Indeed Instant Match helps you make a short list of great candidates fast. The moment a sponsor shows up, you get a list of quality candidates whose resumes on Indeed match your job description. Then you can invite them to apply right then. Indeed helps you hire great people fast. Plus, Indeed takes finding quality candidates even faster with 135 assessments to help make sure you find applicants with the right skills. Best of all, you only pay for applicants who meet your must-have qualifications. According to Talent Nest, Indeed delivers four times more hires than all other job sites combined. Join more than 3 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. Get started right now with a $75 sponsored credit to upgrade your job post at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Get a $75 credit at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Offer valid through September 30th. Terms and conditions apply. All right, well, uh, our third player is Keon Johnson from the University of Tennessee. 
Uh, he is, in a lot of ways, very similar um, in stature and athleticism to Jalen Green, who we did before. Almost the exact same height, wingspan, and weight. So a lot of I just used the same list as the guys we had last time. Ben McElmore, Alfred Payton, Jordan Clarkson, Malik Beasley, Derek White, Teo Maladon are, you know, recent draft picks who measured 6'5", 6'7", 185. And Keon Johnson is more athletic than all of them, I think, is, is, the, is the place to <laughs> combine, is, is the place to start. I, I had a blast watching him. I think I'm just going to go back and watch more because it's insane. I thought you were going to – he's my favorite guy I've watched so far. Oh, it's so fun. It's so fun. He plays – I mean, go ahead. You were going to say something. No, no. That's, to, to you, I, that, that's literally what I was going to say is I had the most fun watching him of maybe any prospect we've done this year or last because he's an absolute freak. He's a freak who we talked about like giving a shit like that factor oh. for me. Like I, that's like the first thing I look at. He's a freak athlete who gives a shit, who plays incredibly hard. I don't know if he's going to be good because he's got, no, a, he's got some flaws, <laughs> but he, from an entertainment standpoint, when yeah. you're that athletic, you care that much, you're that competitive, you play that hard, it's just like anybody right. who likes basketball, would you just you, fun, fun to watch. Well, he's just the – this is stupid. We were just talking about the, the pro-am here locally uh, before we started recording, and it's – you know, I'm too old now that I don't know a bunch of the guys who are like, college age around here. It's last so, ever game. Yeah. <laughs> Right, it, 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 you're just like, who is this guy who is just so much more athletic than everyone else on the floor? And you know how, the, just as a basketball viewer, that is just fun. I mean, here with the Timberwolves, it was that was Levine. You know, just those guys where you're like, man, I'm going to get behind this. This might not work out, but like, this is going to be my guy. Whichever team he goes to, all the fans are going to love Keon Johnson. They're going to have this idea of like, well, if he puts this together, like, <laughs> I don't know what it looks like, but it's going to be awesome because he's a... Uh, He's just such an explosive and, and fun athlete because, like you said, he's not Wiggins, right? Like, he's got the, he's got the Wiggins athleticism, but the give-a-shit factor is, you know, is a 10. So I was curious to just, like, get your opinion on if it works, like, what does it look like? Because I couldn't really figure it out. MJ? MJ, <laughs> stop it. Uh, uh, I mean, so, yeah, so to, to – pump the brakes a little bit like he <laughs> misses all his shots that didn't help <laughs> um you know he's look he's not a point guard no he's a small shooting guard who, who like kind of plays power forward who stuff. can't really dribble so yeah. like he's he's got everything i guess tan- intangibly that you want but the mm. tangibles it's like i don't know what he looks like maybe i mean the he one area- like a player who's not going to be playing in a rotation next year. Right. The I will say for as bad as he was shooting threes, he had a he was pretty good in the mid-range. Yeah. Um he took some awful shots, but like he he was comfortable there. Do you know what I mean? He's that he so reminded me of that guy when you're like when you're playing 21 and he's so good at 21. <laughs> he's so much better at 21 than he is at actual basketball because he can just get to a shot whenever he wants and is also just like really never afraid to to get all the way to the rim and or like to kind of fling up something crazy that goes in by the rim. He had a like again, they didn't go in necessarily at a really high rate at Tennessee, but given his athletic package, he was 
He had all these different ways of just springing up to the rim and, and, and shooting shots. I, there's so many misses that I was just like, man, what, what is, like, is it, does he just not have touch? Because he's raising up above guys. He's, he's there. The ball is just not going in that often. And, and I don't know, if, like, to me, I don't know what the answer is. Is that like a fatal flaw? Is he just somebody who was blessed with elite athleticism and does not have, and then comparatively does not have that, you know, that hand-eye coordination sort of gene or whatever that, that, that a shooter sort of has? It's, um, the shot was really confusing to me because I didn't think it looked that bad mechanically, whether it was from the mid-range, from around the hoop, or from behind the three-point arc. But, I mean, it's 27% on 50 attempts from three, and it felt like less than 27% of them. It went. did. I know. It's – so I was, I was racking my brain when I was watching. I'm like, okay, who – is there any – is there – any NBA player that kind of fits this, not a great shooter, but plays his ass off good, really. Cause he's another, another really good defender. We'll get to that. Um, the, the one guy, and this is best case, like, you know, high level comparison was Jimmy Butler. Hmm. Um, yeah. Do, do you know what I mean? Like just a guy that was not a good three point shooter at Marquette. Wasn't even a, that good of offensive player. Oh, and isn't a good three point shooter in the NBA. Right. But was Doesn't known as a, a really competitive dude, a mm-hmm. dog, a you know, a tough dude. Like checks those boxes, same boxes right. that Keon Johnson checks. Um, yeah. So maybe there is a path for him in that in that type of thing. In that type of. I hadn't thought about like this is a super random name. I don't even know if you'll. Know. The, I've attended the combine once, and the guy who had the highest vertical leap at that was Jalen Lequeux, who he didn't even play in college I don't think he did like a juco thing and then immediately went to the combine and he's like kind of been in the he signed a deal I think initially with the Suns and then I mean but he was insane I watched him do his vertical thing and he's this like six for three dude who's never seen anybody jump that high in person and then in the court you know he's just this freak explosive athlete and I remember just everyone there like kind of talking about him and then I think it was the Suns signed ended up signing him to like a three-year minimum contract and i think went on he went undrafted uh but but they got him for that and i'm like oh dude, this guy's this guy's coming no, nothing ever came of it and and keon johnson's the i don't want to say keon johnson the same thing but at the combine again this year that he had the the best vertical of the group he is probably the most attractive athlete in a pretty i don't know this class is pretty loaded with with some athletes in it Re- but really loaded but he's i don't know, still like maybe number one athlete athlete of this class. I'm not. Sh- I think it's pretty clear cut. Yeah, I mean, there's different ways I guess to define it, but he's he's got that electrical. I guess athleticism. I, it's, it's easy to just think athleticism and think vertical, right? Just mm-hmm. like dunks and like. Which, but it's not just that. I mean, he flies. He flies. Everywhere. Yeah. Um, it doesn't matter. Okay, but here's here's the catch. Is similar to with Scotty Barnes. He's on some people's boards, like up there. Like he's higher, 10. he's higher than Barnes on, on some of them. I know I, KOC has him six, Yeah, but like John Hollinger has him 18 at the athletic. Vicini has him 17. So it, I'm, it's similar to with Barnes where you're like, Oh my God, I would love to get that guy. If I'm outside of the lottery, you know, or, or something like that, because you know, you're just willing to incur more risk at that point or just, I mean, even just like financially, right? Like if you're drafting somebody at 18, you're paying them, you know, Three million bucks a year, 
Whereas if you're drafting them six, you're paying them eight, nine, you know, it, it's just, it's a different, you know, value cost to, to, to kind of line up here. But this does seem, again, to bring up Patrick Williams again, these are the type of guys the teams are taking shots on. And, and Johnson does have the physical profile that is very similar to, to Jalen Green. He's not huge. He's 6'5", you know, he's got, and he really looks like he can guard. Like he doesn't, he's not somebody who strikes me as undersized. You'd like to see him put on a little bit of weight probably. I think he just turned 19. Yep. So, I don't know, I feel like we're all over the place on him. It's Which is probably fair to be all Yeah, that, I think that maybe that that's, just that's sums him up. It's funny because I, do you ever, ever watch the, uh, like the Draft Express, like the 12-minute breakdowns? Yeah, I haven't watched them for, for these guys. So yeah. I always, I, I never watch them first, but I will occasionally like watch them at the end just to mm-hmm. see, because I think they're well-made. Anyways, sure. I did it with all three of these guys at the end. I was like, let's just watch it and see. And <laughs> all three of their, they always start with strengths, right? They go through mm-hmm. these strengths for like eight minutes and they move on. And all three of these guys' strengths for the first like five minutes were all defensive clips. And there, there wasn't a single guy last year who started on defense. <laughs> so all three of these guys were just like five minutes of like switching a screen and like staying in front of the, their man. So um, my, my point there is like he has got a bunch of question marks on offense. There's no doubt. But like the other two guys, he was an elite defender in college. Really, really good defender. Like we talked about at the start, super competitive. And yeah, it's like I feel like we're kind of repeating ourselves with these three guys. But like if he can – figure out his niche on offense, that's where the upside, that's why people have him as high as guys like KOC have him. So, okay, just three-point shooting. Because we were talking about there's different – he's a different type of shooter at like kind of every level. In a weird way, the only place I feel like he was really good was mid-range. Like around the basket, he wasn't great. Um, and from three, he didn't shoot many at all. But – I don't know if that's the most – yeah, it's probably the most important of, like, if you're going to play shooting guard in the NBA, like, what are you going to be as a shooter? I personally, like, I didn't think the mechanics were bad. And and it kind of surprised me how, how rarely they went in. I, like, convinced myself at one point that he had, like, the ball blocking one of his eyes or something with it or, like, didn't have depth perception because it's just, like – I don't know. I, I guess what I'm trying to say is I didn't understand why he missed as many jump shots as he did, particularly from three. I the me, the mechanics from this from this three point shot I think were fine. The okay. thing that scares me is that his mid range shot and his three point shot were compl- two. It looked like two different players, right? It looked like he was. He, his mid-range, he got it way above his head, mm-hmm. and it looked fluid. Yeah, that he had probably, it in front of his face. Probably why it went in more. And then the three, <laughs> you're right. It was like a hitch, slower release. That just yeah. it, it looked like two different shots. So in a vacuum, each on their own, I don't think they're terrible. But the fact that they're that different, like I don't good point. I don't know any good shooters that I could say that about. Do you know what I mean? So that part right. really, really worries me. We did say that a little bit last year with Ant. We did. Yeah. Or I did. Well, or what I was saying was off the Ant, dribble and yes, catch and shoot I, were different. Exactly. I, I, he, but this is almost fully different mechanics. And what I will say of having watched Ant closely this year is that gap. That gap was there at the beginning of the year. You know, those first fifteen games of the season, I was like, uh oh, this is. But 
the last 20 games of the season, like I, I thought watching Ant shoot, his off the dribble mechanics were the same as his, you know, catch and shoot mechanics, which is, I'm totally with you there. That's a, that's a, a, a good answer for it. I also think another reason why Johnson's shot is not going in as often as it seems like it should is I have to imagine there's a lot of athleticism to kind of tame in your exploding up for the shot, right? Yeah. He, he was just kind of a little, I mean, he, he is an all over the place type of player and a jump shot is a not all over the place type of action. Right. Um, like that's why I, he, I felt like his like floater game where we'd kind of like go up chest to chest with somebody and like finish at the rim when he would do that. That seems so much more natural because I felt like that is more of an athletic act open catch and shoot shot is about body discipline. Right. right. And, and he, he doesn't have that yet for sure, but he does have, I don't know, not like Scotty Barnes. I'm not sure he's ever going to shoot. And if he does, it's going to end up being like a super mechanical shot. I agree with that. If Keon Johnson, you know, there, there's a world where I could be like, Oh, this guy, like he's kind of like mid range game style. Like, take you off the bounce sort of thing. He extends up like Jordan Clarkson style, right? Actually, that's one of his physical comps, you know, where it kind of is like a, one of those type of pull-up shooter that he never pulled up from three at all at Tennessee. But if he could add on to that, I guess, and maybe I'm just, maybe I'm being way too optimistic with a player I, I liked, but um, we both like him for, for reasons having nothing to do with his jump shot, right? Like, yeah, but I also think, and we talked about this, we've talked about this with a, with a couple of different of these guys over the last year. He's really young, right? Really young. He's been... I think he's going to be the youngest in I think this he class. Is, yeah. maybe. He's been, I'm sure, a freak athlete his entire life, right? So he's never... I, I hope so, because if this you all know what came put, last year... Yeah. <laughs> but you know what I mean? So, like, I would educate a guess he's been more athletic than most guys <laughs> since he's been playing basketball. So I think it is... It does take guys like that longer to just get comfortable shooting. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Because everywhere he's been, it's been, let me put my head down, let me sp- jump on a trampoline <laughs> and try to dunk. And it's the same thing a little bit with Ant. Like Ant shot the same percentage at Georgia. Obviously, mm-hmm. way more shots. But I had concerns about Ant's shot. I think a lot of people did. He put an end to that, you know, midway through the year this year. Right. Um, so my point is guys like that, guys who fit that mold, super athletic, super talented, really young, who have never needed to rely on their shot, I think those guys take longer. Like Zach Levine shot better in college than these guys both did, but like nobody would have thought Zach Levine would be one of the best shooters in the NBA by the time he was in his sixth or seventh year. Yeah, like, point. So I think, I think it's important, and I'm not, I'm not really if, – if Keon Johnson never becomes even a decent shooter, that's not going to surprise me. But I do think – he is such he's in such a different class athletically and physically that it's going to take him longer than it would somebody else. And I think the good time the good thing is in, in that meantime where he's, you know, figuring out his offensive identity, whatever that is, he he does have that A plus motor. And he does like he can be a guy that you can just kind of throw in as your, you know, backup to next year and just you know, just kind of be a chaotic sort of player, right? And in a good way. Yeah. Defensively wreak havoc and offensively have him be, you know, somebody you just get out and run with, you know, make sure he's playing next to 
uh, you know, a, a smart point guard who who knows how to use him and and kind of hone him in. Because if you if you let him run wild with the ball in his hands as a rookie, I think that'll end up being a mess. But, I think you let him run wild by playing defense and crashing the yeah. glass and doing all those types of things and see see where that takes. Like see what else he can do after that. Because I do think the other thing. I, so I look at I just I think from the coaching lens, like does he give a shit? That's what I look for. In like the first mm-hmm. like ten minutes. The other thing, it's like, do I think he'd be fun to play with as just basketball player? And even though he takes some awful shots, I think he would be a ton of fun to play basketball with. 100%. And so those two things, he checks both boxes. So I don't know. No idea if he's going to be good. I love him. <laughs> I think he's – I'm going to root for him. Like, I think he's yeah. – you know, I think you could probably feel the same way. <laughs> totally. It was so funny. Like, I, I watched these players in the, in the order – that 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 we just went through them i did the exact opposite (laughs) oh really and it was funny i watched uh i watched a bunch of wagner (laughs) and then i turned on keon johnson i'm like this is this is different (laughs) it was it was fun not that i i probably would bet on i don't know wagner has a for sure has a higher floor than than johnson does i think there's how would you how would you stack rank those the three we just did I I think um, out the order that well I haven't really thought about it in that sort of way. I, I, I'm thinking about them all very differently. Like Wagner, I feel very confident in being a a rotation highest player. four. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And I don't know, like what the Warriors have, like fourteen or something like that. You know, plug him in as a your. He's the guy that would get minutes for them next year. Exactly. So there's there's that attractiveness to it. I think Barnes Barnes would be the top for me of these three because I I think I mean I I, I do see a thiable future for him, an Ananobi type of future for him defensively. Um I don't I definitely don't think he's on the same trajectory yet as as Ananobi is offensively or even the shooter yet that Thibel isn't Thibel's not a you know a great shooter by any means, but I think I would bet on that player because um, there's some upside there, some upside potential, and then um, and then for Wagner versus Johnson for me would be you know am I trying to am I trying to have the known player for next year fit wise you know if I'm the Warriors at 14 I take Wagner, but I think for the majority of their teams mid to late lottery try to hit a home run yeah try and hit a home run with Keon Johnson if you got again. It's going to be so much about what system are you developing him in? Totally. How are you developing him? Which players is he playing around? I think that's so important for a player like this because I think Keon Johnson, I mean, raved about his defense a lot too. He's got a lot to like learn mechanically on that end, reading that floor, reading the floor in that sort of way, reading the floor offensively. Like he's going to have to be coached, and um, that you know, <laughs> a lot of times organizations don't do that well, right? right. So there's there's this. He has his own floor there. There's a, a bad, you know, hope the Kings don't take him, right? Um, so, yeah, I guess that's a very long way of saying I think I would go Barnes, Johnson, Wagner, but situationally um, could see see Wagner if I just wanted to have a player who I felt confident being productive, like on the rookie deal right away. Yeah. No, I, same for you? I don't know. I think it's – I mean, I agree with everything you said. I – I think you want to go Johnson one. Maybe. Um, <laughs> Barnes' shot, I think, is, worries me the most of the other two offensively. 
like it's really bad. It's really bad. And so, I mean, I would, so is Keon Johnson's. I think I would buy stock in Keon Johnson's before I would buy I would stock too. in Barnes's. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know, man. I think it's what, I, you could talk me. You could talk me in any which order, honestly. And because and, and really, I think part of me is like, part of me, I think Wagner's floor is really high. Mm-hmm. So, in a vacuum, like blank roster, I would maybe take Wagner. Hmm. Kind of know knowing what you're gonna get. Wow. Again, you could. It depends. We'll, we'll, we'll come back and do this yeah. with, a, yeah, with yeah, a, like sorry. a lottery yeah. type of big book because that is a different. When I'm just watching these guys, I'm just taking notes on what yeah, are they offensively, same. what are they defensively, how big are they. And I don't necessarily like think about them as a prospect grade. So every time we kind of stumble over this, well, how do we rank them at the at the end? Which which is ultimately, I guess, what it's about if your team is is deciding what your what your big board is. But I think like how many Keon Johnson House of Highlights dunks will we get next year? Six from the G League. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, six from Turkey. summer league. I, I, I will. Whatever team he's on, I will he's be gonna have a lot. summer league. I, just wait. When does summer league start? Month August eighth. Yep. He'll he will have. <laughs> if you don't want to watch his highlights, but you're on Instagram within every his day, first two games, I bet you I will make a bet with anybody that he has some sort of house of highlights. Hundred percent, hundred percent. All right, uh, he's he's Will DeBerg. You can follow him on Twitter at wdeberg14. Um, I'm Dane at Dane Moore NBA. If you missed my other two episodes this week, I had Burt Robson on yesterday. We talked about uh, game four of the NBA finals and also just kind of watching the playoffs through a Wolves lens. You can check that one out. And then I did an episode by myself just kind of checking in on all the uh, all the Timberwolves players who are playing in the Olympics. So, um, yeah, thanks for listening to all these this week. Um, I'll be back with Will next week. I don't know who we're going to do, but we'll, we'll choose some new players. Uh, until then, he's Will. I'm Dane. Peace out. How I'm feeling, man, I hope it never stop, yeah. Green it all so you can find me in the crowd, yeah, yeah. Don't let standards ever, ever bring you down, yeah. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.